Um, what a wonderful Savior and wonderful grace that we have. Um, and uh, you may have noticed, uh, usually Cindy Candelaria is uh, leading uh, our uh, choir, but today it was Jacob. Thank you, Jacob, for filling in for Cindy, who actually is uh, home recovering from COVID. So we'll continue to pray. She's doing well, but we'll continue to pray for her and for uh, her, uh, her her family. Uh, but uh, um, a wonderful uh, song that uh, highlights beautifully just the, the love uh, that, that God, that Jesus has for, for you and for me. And how he, he loves us body and soul. And today we're going to focus on how he loves us body. Uh, we, we tend to focus on the soul at the expense of the body. We, we tend to... The, the, Put them competing with each other. But as we'll look at today, and you know, as we look at new, a new, new year, new me, new year, new body, is how much that Jesus loves your body. The, 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 the thing that is right here that you can see and touch and feel that has you being right here. Um, uh, that, and, and how uh, much it, that we, uh, Americans, today, don't like our bodies. Um, I did a lot of reading and preparing for this. And man, there's a boatload of new books out about how God views the body. And, and part of the reason that in the research that it, they brought out was just seeing how in, in America over the, the last several decades, the view, our view of our bodies has continued to decline. That more and more people today at younger and younger ages look in the mirror and don't like what they see. They have bad thoughts when they look at the body. And, and, and the, a number of reasons why that might be the case. I mean, some is that, you know, our, the screen based age that we live in today and the invention of Photoshop. <laughs> you don't know what's a real body you're looking at and what is a body that's been photoshopped and painted here and there or you take the best of this person, this person, this person and put them all together so that it meets all the qualifications of whatever our age says is attractive. And when we're bombarded with that, we can't help. And then it's impossible for us to ever attain what the, the perfect picture is. You, you know, uh, if, if you, you know Barbie dolls, right? Yeah, you know, if you take a Barbie doll and put that into a full human, like a six-foot woman, it, it, she, she wouldn't be able to survive. Her top would be too heavy. It would cause all kinds of back problems. Her waist would be too thin. It would cause all kinds of digestive problems. She would be miserable. But yet that is what forms us as the body. And it's just totally mixed up, upside down view of the body. And what we'll look at today is the good news. The good news about new year, new body. Not so much that we get a new body, but we, our body is renewed. That, that's for sure. It is renewed. It is reinvigorated both in this life and the life to come. But not only that, but even more importantly, a new attitude, a new understanding, a new perspective according to God's word as to what our body what it means, what is the essence, what is the value and meaning of the body that God has given to you and to me. Um, let's, uh, let's pray t- together. Uh, Almighty God, again, we give you thanks for 
your written words. It speaks to us of your truth. And we ask now that you uh, would indeed um, speak to us uh, and, and continue to renew and reform our understanding of our bodies according to, to your goodness and your beauty, your definition of what is beautiful uh, and, and not uh, the ways of, of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, sorry, I'm so excited about getting into the sermon. Didn't introduce myself. I'm Drew Smith. The privilege of being the, the pastor of the Church of Jesus Christ that meets here at College Hill uh, Presbyterian. So, for you here or are you uh, online, um, uh, thanks for again for being here and exploring God's Word uh, today. Um, so, the first thing, as we look at our body, the, the body is an essential part of who you are in Christ. It is an essential part of your identity. Your body is. You know, what, whatever the, the color of your skin, whatever the type of hair or absence of hair, whatever the, the, the size, your, your body, whatever the, the gender, whatever the sex, your, your body is an essential part. Of who you are in Christ. Um, uh, I'm look at two passages that really highlights uh, the, the importance of our bodies and how crucial and central it is to who we are now and forever. Uh, the first is First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen and twenty. Um, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I just want to focus just for a moment on this. Your body is a temple, temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, we have to um, recognize, you know, for Paul, he's Jewish, right? The, the Hebrew scriptures, his understanding of temple it would probably be different than ours. His temple is the Old Testament temple. Yeah, it was the, the the temple that was described in in uh, the Leviticus, you know, and and built meticulously, and and has all kinds of rituals around it to make it a pure place because the temple is the place where God lived. That's where Moses went to be face to face with God. That's where the the people gathered and they carried out the 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 the, the sacrifices so that sins could be covered and and forgiven. It was, it was there that, that God brought forth God's, God's word to, to lead and to guide the people. It was the, 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 the temple was the place where God lived and it had to be pure. It had to be perfect. Matter of fact, in Leviticus 11, there's a, a situation where well, some of the early priests, uh, they, they decide to uh, get creative with uh, the, the rituals and the, 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 uh, the wet, what they needed to do to be purified in order to enter into the temple and what they were going to do for the sacrifices. And when they entered in, in their own creativity, they neglected the purity of God. And as they entered in and started, they were consumed by the pure fire of God. So that's what the temple is. Your body is purified and perfected just like the temple. Now, that's what we celebrate every time we confess our sins and receive our forgiveness. That, that Jesus in his death 
has completed all those sacrifices and all those rituals, those pure... He has made your body pure and perfect for the Holy Spirit to dwell and lead you so that in your body, so that what you do can glorify God. So that you're now part of God's presence in the midst of this world. You're now the one that shares with others the good news of forgiveness, the, the, the truth of God's leading. That, that That's what in your body and in my body, wherever our bodies are, the Spirit dwells in us because of Jesus. That, wouldn't it be wonderful for us to see our bodies like God does? Who doesn't look at the appearance doesn't look at our body and our bodies are, are decaying. We'll talk about that more and more you know, later and we experience it more and more. And I know there's a hearty amen uh, to that this morning as well. Yeah. But, but that, doesn't, that doesn't impact God's vision of your body and my body. You, you, you are a holy temple in which God the Holy Spirit dwells. That is the, the meaning and purpose of our bodies. And there may be some here, some watching online, and, and you're saying, no, you, my body will never be perfect. You don't know how I have abused it. You don't know how I have misused it. You don't know how ugly it is. You don't know. Uh, you don't know what, you're right. I, I don't know that, but God does. Jesus does. And his death on the cross has totally perfected and purified your body for his use. You can receive what Jennifer preached about last Sunday. Just that that radical, that scandalous, unbelievable grace that we celebrate every time we gather. That's the power of the cross. That's our beautiful Savior. That marvelous grace that is real for you in your body to transform you to know, to love, to follow, and obey Jesus. You, anyone, can be beautiful in God's eyes through Christ. Anyone who is in Christ will glorify God in your body. In God's eyes through Jesus, every time he sees you, it's beautiful. Um, uh, the other passage, Romans 12, uh, uh, verse uh, 1 and 2. I'll just read verse, verse 1. And uh, uh, for, for many, this is a familiar passage. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, it goes on, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. I mean, that's our, our journey of living into the beauty which God, which Jesus has transformed your body into. To make it beautiful. And, and to, to live into that reality. So that means, as we said here, another, uh, uh, another reference that Paul would use to his uh, heritage. You know, to, to the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, to the Old Testament sacrificial system. You know, that you're now a living sacrifice. 
Now, many of you might be aware of the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, you know, where the priest would bring into that temple on the altar and bring animals in and sacrifice them. And the blood that is shed covers over the sins of, the, of God's people. It is the one that covers, it, pays for it, that, that, that brings that forgiveness. It's a, a, a way of, of making this pure. And that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. That's why he completed the sacrificial system. That he on the cross shed his blood for the sin, our sins, past, present, and future, and forever. Again, that's uh, the, the 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 atomic nuclear power of the cross that Jesus completed that whole system. So that now we are in that same way sacrifices for Jesus, but we're living sacrifices for God. We don't come to the altar. We 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 the the, the altar is wherever our feet are. But that we're living out the ways of Jesus. Because in a, in a sacrifice, you know, think about this. You go back to like Leviticus 22. Go look at the, the, what was necessary for the sacrifices in the, the Hebrew scriptures. They, they had to be perfect and pure. You're, you're, you may recall, you know, that, um, for the sacrifices, they, they had to be ideal. Um, there was no going to, uh, the Salvation Army. To get the stuff for sacrifices. Now don't get me wrong. I bought many good stuff at St. Vincent de Paul. And a Goodwill store. Many. Many a good stuff. But when it comes to God. There's no used clothing. There, there's no discount sales. It is first rack. Right off the rack. Right at the sale. For God the sacrifice had to be without blemish. And uh, no, no, no leftovers either. It wasn't what was just left over with God's sacrifice. It was the first fruit, the, the first lamb, the first child. That, that was what was brought before God. So to be a living sacrifice is another way that we see ourselves before God because of Jesus. We are now without blemish. Impured in our bodies. It doesn't say make your soul a living sacrifice. He doesn't say glorify God in your soul. He says do it in your body. So again, to see your body as God does without blemish. You are the first and unique you presented unto God for God's glory. To do indeed what is acceptable and perfect. Your body is an essential part Of who you are in Christ. Glorify God in your body. Present your body. Your beautiful, perfect, without blemish body in Christ before God. This day and every day. Almost a a morning ritual and reminder. Every time you look in the mirror. This is a living sacrifice unto God. And it is pure and perfect and without blemish in the eyes of God. Uh, see, often in the, the, the church, we, we've focused so much on the spiritual uh, and the soul that we sort of see the body as secondary. You know, we, we sort of see it as a temporary package for what's really important. That is not a biblical understanding of the body. There's nowhere in Scripture that we find body and soul competing with each other. Body and soul is who we are now and for eternity. 
Now, there's a little time at death where they're separated. But we don't know much about that. We don't know much about that time. But they're, they're separated. And, and that's not the original plan. You know, creation, you remember, uh, Adam and Eve. Adam was formed physically from the dust of the earth. And then God breathed life into it. And the human being was body and soul perfectly connected. It's like scissors. You know, I've used this many a time. You know, scissors are two blades. You take them apart, they're no longer scissors. Which one's more important? You put them together, then you've got scissors. Well, that's what we, that's what God has created us in the unique, intimate way that God has created us. Body and soul are together. Your body and soul are together. Um, what does compete? And the language you do see in, in Scripture that does compete. And, and you see this in uh, Romans 8 and Galatians 5, which are particularly around the Spirit, is that the flesh and the Spirit, they compete. You know, the, the ways of the flesh are the ways of, of human pursuit versus the pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the ways of the flesh are when we follow our own desires instead of the desires of God the Holy Spirit. So you, you'll see those those compete. And the whole point of being a living sacrifice, of being a, a dwelling of the Holy Spirit, is that our bodies are used in, in, in the... We, we seek to live according to the ways of God the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, so uh, that's... With, and so if indeed, then our body is the, the, the living sacrifice to God, our body is the, the very temple of God, the Holy Spirit within us, then that's why our health is important. That's why you take care of your body. Just like you take care of your house. You take care of your car. I mean, if your body is that valuable, that important, that eternal to God, then that's why we take care. We don't take care of our body to live long. It's not a bad thing to live long, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is so that our body is best suited to glorify God and to be that temple, to be that living sacrifice. I mean, I know this is the case for me. You know, that that I can pray all I want, but if I don't get enough sleep, I'm probably not going to be a very good living sacrifice. I just find this for myself that I am much more likely to live in the power of the fruit of the Spirit, to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, to be patient and gentle if I've exercised, if, if I've had time alone. I'm going to probably be more loving. Now, there's other people I know that they're probably going to, they're more loving when they've had time with other people. And for them, exercise is, is really not a significant part of, of their, their livelihood. It doesn't really impact them. I mean, so we all have different unique ways that, that we have to be healthy. But we are, the, the point is, why are we healthy? Why, why do we want to develop habits that, that take care of our bodies? Because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the valuable, essential part of who we are. Now, Paul talks about this um, in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, about the importance then of discipline and training um, in our body. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. 
So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. In other words, Paul wants to practice what he preaches. So he leads his body. He, he guides his body, discipline and training. And he compares to an athlete. You know, an athlete disciplines the body in order to achieve a perishable, a dying, something that's eventually going to decay and die, uh, um, uh, a ward. But, but we, we discipline our body for what is imperishable, for what never dies, for what is eternal, which is the, the will of God. So, so we are pursuing health in our body. So that we might, in our body, glorify God in all that we do. Which is uh, also why we not only take care of the health of our body, but we also put ourselves in places where we are regularly reading the Scripture, we're worshiping God, we're celebrating His goodness, we're being reminded of His grace. We are growing in Him. We, we gather, as Samuel talked about a couple weeks ago, we're gathering with other people who have the same desire and who encourage and support one another to, again, be for our bodies, to be that temple, to be that living sacrifice. And this is true, that we're this temple, this living sacrifice, not only now, but forever. Your, your body is, is renewed, but there is continuity between your body now and your body with, the, uh, with, with God forever. I mean, the day is coming that Jesus will return. It could be tomorrow. We don't... We don't there's nothing more that needs to be fulfilled for Jesus to come. That's why I said it could be, it's, could happen at any moment. All that has been done needs to be fulfilled. A day will come when Jesus will return, the trumpet will sound, and those that are died, those that have died will come with him, disembodied, not in their body. And this is in the, you can go look at this in the First Thessalonians. Uh, we'll take a little bit at it, look at it a minute in 1 Corinthians 15. And then the dead in Christ will be raised. The body and soul will reunite and be with Jesus in the new heaven and new earth forever. Uh, let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, 15, starting with verse 35 uh, through 38. And then we'll jump to 50 to 58. This is a little longer passage, so you know, hang with me here. Um, it, it, uh, you, we'll focus on the main points here that we want us to focus on. Don't get lost in the weeds just uh, on this one. But 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35 through 38. Do you have 35 through 38? I may pass that on. You don't? Okay. I'm, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians um, 15, 35 through 38. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? So exactly the question. All right, so what happens? What kind of body are we raised with when, when we're raised? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. 
All right, so right there, I want you to... Paul's giving us an illustration here. So our bodies now are like a seed. And then they will die. And they will be reformed into something that is continuous with the body that we have, but yet discontinuous in in that it now no longer is leading to death, but always leading to life more and more and more. So that, that's his, that's his picture. There's continuity, discontinuity. If you want to see that even more, you can go like to the Gospel of John and, and see one of Jesus' resurrection appearance. You remember that? After Jesus was raised from the dead and he came back to, to the disciples, you remember what he told Thomas who, who hadn't seen him? He said, if you don't believe it's me, put your hands in my side. You put your hands in the wounds. So his resurrection body still had great continuity with his physical body, uh, his body before resurrection, uh, but it was also walking through walls and so it was... Is very different um, as as well. All right, uh, let's look at First uh, Corinthians. Let's go back now to the fifteen fifty through fifty eight. I tell you this, brothers: flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So, our, our, it's like our lives right now. Our bodies right now are like an acorn. You know what an acorn looks like. I think we've got it, you know? That's what our bodies are right now. If, if we follow Paul's illustration here. Yet, through the, not just the power of Jesus' crucifixion, then the power of the resurrection, our lives then with God forever become like an oak tree. Our our bodies, and this is what God sees when he sees us. The beauty, the the, the fecundity, the the fruitfulness, the the marvel and wonder of an acorn becoming an oak tree. It's hard hard to believe, right? That that's that's who you are and who I am in our decaying body. And, you know, I'm growing more and more aware that our body is decaying. More and more, you know, I, I pinched a nerve. Um, uh, this last winter. Um, and, and I mean, I mean, for three months, I was in pain. I could not lay flat. Da- I could not lay flat. And I didn't sleep in my bed uh, probably a third of the month of November because I had to put up pillows. I had to get on the couch or in a recliner because it was just so much pain. And I couldn't figure out how I did it. You know, I think... What it was, the only thing that changed is I changed my computer mouse on my desk from my right hand to my left hand. 
And I think I started using that, you know, and moving it in some different ways. And next thing you know, I'm in excruciating pain for eight weeks because I moved my computer mouse. Now, I've had pain plenty of times before, but it was a whole lot better story when I was 20 and 30. You know, there was a good reason for it. And it didn't last for eight weeks. And I didn't have to do exercises and go see a physical therapist two and three times a day. So I, I, I'm learning, you know, our body is declining. And, and many of you, you know, you're ahead of me in that game. So you, again, you, you know that that's the case. And if you don't know, it's coming. You know, so, but, but recognize this about our bodies that we're like the acorn, you know, and, but the acorn has to die. But again, valuable. Hard to believe in an acorn is an oak tree, isn't it? But, but then that's all it's needed, but it has to die. And then in the, the, the power of that transformation, which for us is the power of the resurrection, we're then made into an oak tree. Um, also, you know, so hard to believe, you know, that roses, you know, you think about a rose and a beauty rose. I think we've got a picture of a rose. You know, a rose comes from these seeds. I think we've got a picture of the rose seeds. There we go. Yep, fascinating, interesting in and of themselves, unique, but what it turns into is absolutely marvelous. So your body, now and forever, will be glorifying God. One day, it will be fruitful, and it will flower forever. It will be on the opposite trajectory that we're on now. One that is beautiful, flowering, blooming, fruitful, and continuing to grow and multiply in that way. And what I love about this last passage, not only does it help give us that picture and that illustration of the the extent of the meaning and purpose of our bodies and their eternal purpose, but Paul actually gives us his own application point. Therefore, don't give up. Don't stop. I know that as my body decays, the fruit of the Spirit actually shrivels a little bit if I'm not careful. I've noticed that in some other Christians. None of you, no. People on, t- people on TV... They gotten their bodies are decaying, and they I would characterize them as people of anger for the kingdom instead of love. People that complain versus edify. People that throw stones instead of pick them up and make beautiful sculptures with them. So be careful. Don't don't let the weariness of this world, the decay of the brokenness of our world, cause the fruit of the Spirit to shrivel. I don't know what you need to do to take care of your body so that you continue to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
that you continue to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you, that you are glorifying God in your body. But, but take regular gauge of your patience, of your gentleness, of your kindness. Take regular gauge of that because that's a really good gauge in our age today. Take a really good gauge of, of how you view what you see in the mirror when you look at your body. Is it a beautiful, unique expression of, of God's beauty because of the fruit that is being born? Or are you gauging your own body according to, to what society says is beautiful? Because in Jesus Christ, in the power of the Spirit that's within you, you are beautiful as you present yourself as a living sacrifice, as you, you refuse to let the world wear you down, that, that you remember what, uh, what, what Paul said. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Brothers and sisters, the world needs a people who live not according uh, to the brokenness of this world, but according to the, the, the fruit and beauty and flowering and blooming of God's Holy Spirit and His kingdom. May we continue to be that people. Let's pray.